2: You are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets
0: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets Live. We have a slightly new look. We have a little bit more room to box out. Elbows. Watch the bows. You got a. You got a night. Well, I don't want to mess up this uh, amazing sweatshirt you have on. Uh, that's great. Feels nice too. Is that? Uh, is it's that, for.
1: It's for leisure. leisure. It's okay. Like a,
0: you're like an NBA All Star plush doll. Uh, <laughs> welcome, and this is Locked On Hornets Live here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in B E A beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend. He's waiting on this All Star game to get here already david or david walker
1: it is all-star week guys it's it, look here's the thing about this mm-hmm. week right there was so much emphasis on this when we started the season yeah it's supposed to be a happy time it's supposed to be a fun time
0: well yeah mm-hmm. it's Things not good. it's not exactly fun times in in hornetstown right now and and here to talk about that some more holding down the left block he covers the hornets for espn charlotte justin thomas I'm digging this new setup. It's but. good. You got, look, at you got a solo shot. Look at this. Like, this is look at nice. this guy. I, I really oh like this. Oh, my God. Thing. Thank you for this, but I'm,
3: I'm still a little sad we don't get the All-Star Game.
0: That's okay. Maybe 2019. Oh. And the man of a thousand drops, Captain Kurt. I'm loving the debate. Great minds battling it out. And I've got a front row seat. <laughs> I like and directing this fair show. She'll be on later with the showdown. Calamity. James in a onesie and a Fox onesie. Whoa. Oh, yeah. uh, so more on that later. Okay, That's a, this is called a tease. Yeah, more on that later for sure. We've got a great show ahead. We've got, uh, we've got that. We've got Valentine's Day cards to give out. We've got to talk about what's going on with the Hornets right now. But before we get to that, let's look back at this week in Hornets basketball. We call it the Step Back Three. <laughs> Three things we saw in this past week of Hornets action. David, what you got?
1: Well, I hate to do this, but I'm going to talk about this guarantee that Nick Batum made last night. Yeah. Rule number one with guarantees don't make a lose lose because no matter what way this went, mm-hmm. he was going to come out looking bad and he looked very bad. You don't guarantee a victory over the 76ers. You guarantee a game seven. You guarantee a playoff win. Right. You give a money back guarantee, okay? (laughs) You you don't guarantee a game in February against the 76ers, a team that A, you should beat. Mm -hmm. B, you haven't been playing well against. Now, I realize that he had to have this game. They had to have this game. Apparently, he's done this before, um, and he was surprised at the backlash. (laughs) So I guess it worked out the two previous times. But Nick, my man... No more guarantees. Okay. Oh man! Yeah. let <laughs> no more guarantees. I
0: don't think that he's. Su- I don't think he's surprised it didn't work. I think he's surprised Surprise at the backlash. At the he's backlash. like, "Hey, yeah, hey,
1: my God! I was just trying to inspire, <laughs>
0: and you, you feel for them somewhat that he was trying to inspire, and it, it just backfired. And that Philadelphia team, I mean, T.J. McConnell, the the point guard. Well, then you mentioned got Gerald Henderson just the,
1: texting everyone at night. <laughs> just hey guys, wake up! Hey, first of all, Gerald, they're on social media. Okay, these guys people, are are hip. They, Joel Embiid, he knows. He knows what's going on. He's going to pass the word around. But thanks, thanks, Gerald. <laughs> so thought about uh, enough of that uh, guy hitting people in the face with balls. So inconsiderate, <laughs> just, just drilling ladies in the crowd.
3: Justin, what you got? Well, uh, I, w- I want to go over some numbers real quick, even though I hate numbers. But fellas, I'm going to read something to you. The past five games. Kimball Walker is shooting 26% from three.
2: Mm-hmm. Frank three.
3: Kaminsky, 32%. Marvin Williams, 24%. And Marco Bellinelli, 32%. Guys, those numbers are bad. Mm. And then I want to give you one, I want to paint one more picture. One more picture to give you some league ranks for this team as a whole. This team ranks fourth worst, missing wide open field goals. Second in missing wide open twos. And fifth in missing wide open threes. And when I say wide open, mm-hmm. that means a guy's within six feet. Mm-hmm. These guys couldn't hit the side of the barn if their life depended on it.
0: And, and it's a lot of shooting struggles that are converging at the same time, and it's from players that both you would kind of expect to be inconsistent, like Frank Kaminsky, who is still young, still trying to find his way in the NBA, but it's also inexplicably coming from players like Marvin Williams. I think, look, I mentioned that I thought Marvin Williams would have a regression, but I did not imagine anything to this magnitude, uh, it, it has been exceptional. And here's the problem with those stats that you that you throw out there. So, thirty-two point six percent from beyond the arc over these last eleven games. They are uh, uh, ten losses in those last eleven games, but they rank fifth most in three point attempts per game, and it's led to a, a bottom five offensive rating over those last eleven games. So they are they're not afraid to be aggressive from beyond the arc, but they simply aren't making David.
1: And that's what Clifford said. He's like, look, quality these shots are there. The yeah. shots are there. I mean, look at the last one from Nick Batum right last night. I mean, you had to work so hard yeah. to get that shot to cut it to. would have cut it to two. I believe at the time it was a five point game. <laughs> gets over the backboard. I mean, that's just one example. But these shots are wide up, and they've been wide up for Frank all year. Wide up for Marvin for a good portion of the year, and he it looked like he was starting to rebound a little bit first part of January. But mm. that's it just hasn't come to fruition. You know what makes this sad? I keep this really quick. It's like after practice. Yeah. the
3: of the main core guys Marvin Kimba Frank Nick they're all getting up threes after practice and they're putting in the time and when it when it comes game night it's it's not transitioning Clifford said it this team was built to attempt and make threes and they are making any yep. right now
0: Good point. I'm stepping back to this Philadelphia game on Monday night and a play that pretty much encapsulates in my mind what the Hornets are going through right now and that frustration. Let's take a look at that play. Oh no worries. We'll we'll get that play. We'll get that play up in a moment. Um, but basically it was it happened uh, in the fourth quarter where the Hornets committed four of what I like to call the aft turnovers, the turnovers above the free throw line, all four of those steals, something the Philadelphia 76ers like to do. Here we go. We've got the play. So they get they come out of this timeout very aggressive. Kemba gets hands on the ball, MKG comes up with it, but then he turns the ball over and that's the key. They can't seem to put when they're aggressive on defense, then they turn the ball over on offense. When they protect the ball on offense, suddenly uh, they they can't get the defensive side of the ball uh, to work for them either. And this was just a play, again, in a crucial point, five minutes to go in the game and they really need to get on a run and the Hornets can't do it. And
1: look at that play. It's a, I mean, that is what you're seeing a lot of from this team. MKG, nine times out of ten, he takes that until somebody stops him. Mm-hmm. And on that play, there wasn't a guy in front of him. There was a guy making a half-hearted effort to kind of get over. McC- uh, McConnell was in front of him. But MKG can take a, a step and go around him. You know, when things are going right, he's taking that all the way to the hole. Oh, if Kimba flares out, great. But you don't let – you just don't see that. T.J. McConnell, am I saying that right? T.J. McConnell. McConnell, yeah. Actually, yeah. uh, uh,
0: it's T.J. McClutchell Dude is playing well in the fourth quarter.
1: <laughs> but that's, that's just the type of stuff you're seeing, just uncharacteristic turnovers. Yeah. Guys – Kind of thinking, right? Instead of just reacting. That's and playing. a great.
0: That's a great point because someone asked me to sort of explain what's going on offensively with this team, and I thought in that Philadelphia game there were so many plays where where guys just hesitated. You saw Frank Kaminsky would sort of a half-hearted drive and then have to pull it back out. Nick Batum would, same thing, sort of a half-hearted drive and have to pull it back out. And those kind of stop-starts, they get into the groove of of your offense and prevent you from moving the basketball effectively. And, you know, and you have to credit the Philadelphia defense, too, for coming out so aggressively against them, making them turn the ball over. Teams are able to make this team second guess sometimes on offense.
3: There was a time Marvin had a I'm look maybe like in the third quarter. Yeah, he was wide open. He caught the ball and he w- looked like he wanted to shoot it, and then he like put it on the floor mm-hmm. and like didn't know what was going on. Clifford said after they lost to the Clippers, our room for
1: error is this big. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing, and they've blown that. Yes, yeah. that's, that's gone, and that's what you're seeing. It's, it's, it's hopefully you don't want to blame it all on Nick Batum but he was highlighted especially in that Clippers game uh for passing up that shot at the end and which was a clearly shot he should have taken but that's what you're seeing from other guys now. I mean, that's kind of part of Nick's game. So it's it's hard to be like really tough on him because that's a part of what makes him good, The trying to get guys involved. But we've said it. He, he's got to take those shots. These guys have just got to be, get back to playing and moving the ball and talking. Right now, they're trying to think about how to win, and it's you're not going to be able to do it that way.
0: Steve here on the chat saying, how many times did we allow Nerland's Noel to poke the ball away from behind as well? Yeah, I mean, these were... Uh, turnovers that were both a credit to Philadelphia's defense, but also carelessness with the basketball. I mean, you have to protect the basketball, and, and you have to make sure that you don't give them extra possessions. And those, we talked about it on the show this morning, only 15 turnovers for the Hornets, 19 turnovers for the Philadelphia 76ers, but the Sixers get three more points off of those 15 turnovers. So uh, not good news for the Charlotte Hornets. All right, let's go to our question or a preview our question of the show. Each week, we're asking you our question of the show. Send us your response on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, and uh, we will read it on the show. Or you can chat with us live right now on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. This week's question is: What has been the biggest cause? Of this collapse for the Charlotte Hornets, there is a lot to pick from. You've got offensive struggles, you've got defensive struggles, struggles on the boards. They they've certainly been missing some players, and Cody Zeller. And now we got the word that Mason Plumley may be out for a while. So very thin at the center position. Uh, of course, uh, people are asking questions about the head coach now, and possibly Rich Cho. So there are a lot of options here. Let us know what you think. But before we do that, we've got a new. This is going to be a fun segment. I feel like. This is a new segment here on the show called You Make the Call, and it's brought to you by Fox Sports Hornets, specifically their Twitter account. You can follow them on Twitter, at Hornets on FSSE. They do a great job of Tweeting out highlights during the game, uh, so it's it's a must follow if you're a Hornets fan and you like following us live during the game. Definitely give them a follow as well. So first, we're going to play. We're going to pick out a spectacular play from the prior week, and there there were there were spectacular plays. We're going to pick out one particular play first. We're going to hear the original call made by Eric Collins. Let's take a look at at the play we've selected. This was this that was a great play for so many reasons. You had Frank Kaminsky who the play before had missed the bunny yes. and then and then threw it softly up and everybody wanted a standing mm-hmm. dunk. And then next time down he throws it down. And also he had the little gauze in his nose. Did you catch that? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's battling. I don't want to. I feel like I'm going to steal some puns here, so I don't want (laughs) to talk anymore to it. All right. So now it's our turn to make the call, and we want you to make the call as well. Uh, Record it. Record your call on your cell phone. Go to your little uh, voice notes app on your iPhone, and then email that to us at. BuzzBuzz uh, buzz at LockedOnHornets.com, and we will play it on the next show when we do this segment again. All right, so, Justin, you're first. You got to make the call here. Uh, no pressure, but uh, you're, you're going up against the great EC, Eric yeah, Collins, friend is. of the show. All right, I'm going to give you a countdown, I'm and ready. then it's your turn to make the call. Here Let we go. Knows. Three, two, one, hit it! Frank turns the corner. He drives.
3: Badgers can fly. Oh! <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, Frank. Good work, buddy. Good work.
0: All right, that was that was pretty good. It's fast. It is it fast. didn't Realize
3: how fast it is. Yeah, my heart was. All like right. Well, that's why I'm, give, I'm giving
0: you a countdown. Listen. Yeah. Well, you, you think it's fast? You know it's coming. I mean, Eric Collins had to pull it, and he didn't even know. He's it was got coming.
1: him. He's he's a pro. He's and a pro. Also, pro. I,
0: I love that you described a Frank Kaminsky drive as fast. That's that's good. Well, a fra- Frank he, is a leap off the ground. Fun. He was like. All right, calm down. All right, David, you're up next. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, hit it.
1: Frank blows by Austin Rivers and accelerates. That is how you say hello to your neighbor. (laughs) Oh, I like that. I like that one.
0: That's a callback
1: for you. He didn't
0: go around. Uh, that's, he didn't go
1: around Austin Rivers. That was Austin Rivers of impression of of uh, NBA defense. Austin
0: Rivers might have might as well have been in the third row.
1: He might get he might get a defensive award for that.
0: Best seat in the house on that dunk. All right, it's my turn. Let's stretch stretch out. it out. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. All right, here we go. All right. Oh oh! Uh, Frank, no. is, <laughs> Frank is by his defender. Oh, it's, a, it's the slimmest of slams. Gauze in the nose. Oh, my God.
1: I like that though. I like that.
0: All right. Good work, fellas. It's Good the first work. time, guys. See, that was me. That's actually, if I had to react to it real time, I was surprised. I think I was, surprise I was as surprised by it as Eric Collins. Feeling uh, it. <laughs> only the big ones for Frank. <laughs> only the big ones. go. Right that's what daddy wants to hear. All right. Um, let us know. We want you to make the call, though. That's important. We want you to make the call. On your voice notes app on your iPhone or Android, uh, record you making the call to that play and uh, go to Twitter at Hornets on FSSE and find that play, narrate it for us, send it to BuzzBuzz at Locked on Hornets and we will play it right here on next week's show. All right, that was fun, but now it's time to get down to business. We've got to talk about what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Not showdown business. First, got to do uh, this question of the show. Um, let's hit it. Let's question of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Always question with the Q. Questions help us learn things new. Question marks are very cool, especially when you're in school. Always question when you try, you'll find who, what, where, when, why. Question marks are very fun. Let's break them
2: down now one by one.
0: All right, our question of the show, what has been the biggest cause of the Hornets' collapse? The Hornets have lost 10 out of 11 of their last games, and the last two victories that they had were against the Brooklyn Nets. They've given away several fourth-quarter leads, guys, and the Hornets find themselves now in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. David, we'll start with you. What has been most responsible? And quickly let me know. Make sure you're getting uh, your responses into Twitter at Hornets or on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Hornets. What's been most responsible?
1: I think to me, this team was built on defense. That's, a, the, that's where they had a lot of their success in the previous years. They've always been a top 10 defensive team. Surprisingly, yeah. they still are. A lot of that comes back to the first part of the season, but they're still a top 10 defensive team as far as defensive rating goes in the NBA. But you look back at the games they've played before the end of the year and before the end of, you know, before uh, January and then after January. I mean, and there's a huge difference uh, in just the points allowed. They're allowing 100, almost 108 points a game now. Uh, where they yeah, were... they,
0: they seem to have an inability to keep a team uh, from scoring 100 points.
1: Yeah, and before uh, before the first of the year, 102 points a game, so a little bit more manageable. And that defense has fallen off. They haven't stopped a team from scoring 100 points in about three weeks since that Toronto game uh, and on, on the 20th of last month. So if this team is going to get back to winning, they have to get back to playing good defense. The injuries don't help. Um, You know, everything's going wrong right now, but I think it all starts with defense.
0: Justin, what do you think? What has been most responsible?
3: Guys, I don't think guys are are performing. I think guys are underachieving. Um, I think, and and we even talked about this. You made light of it. Even before this even even started, you said, man, I I think Marvin is going to kind of take a step back. And last season, he was such an important part that you thought this year, you know, he would take, he would even at least be close. He hasn't been. Um, Batum, if you look at his numbers, his numbers are good, but he's been careless. Um, And then I would say a little bit of effort. And when I say a little bit of effort, I think some of it goes to Bellinelli and Batum. There have been times where there have been lazy closeouts, um, just flat-footed on defense. And I think... It, 'Cause I I agree with Clifford. I actually like this roster. I do, but guys just aren't performing.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And going back to Marvin Williams, you know, he is attempting the most three pointers of his entire career, four point nine, almost five uh, three pointers per game, yet his averages are down to twenty thirteen levels. Yeah. Uh so it it hasn't been a good season for Marvin who continues to struggle and and guys are It's sort of that whole idea of letting those offensive struggles leak into the defense a little bit because you saw some guys getting broken down on defense one-on-one against the 76ers that you're just not normally accustomed to seeing that happen. Uh, But, you know, at practice today, Steve Clifford said the defense was okay against Philadelphia. It was was the turnovers that really decided that game because those turnovers led to so many uh, 76ers points. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that everything at this point can be traced back to the center position losing Cody Zeller making the trade for Miles Plumley now Miles Plumley has to sit for a little bit and and suddenly you're playing Frank a lot at the 5 and and I know there are there's this narrative that maybe Frank is more suited for the 5 and he should play more 5 even after Zeller comes back uh, frankly I'm not buying it because 32% that's what Frank is shooting from beyond the arc. And that's supposed to be the advantage that he gives you over opposing centers. And that's not enough in terms of three point accuracy to make up for the fact that he's going to have to overwork to defend uh bigger centers. And he's going to have to make so many difficult choices on defense that I don't think he's quite ready for as a, as an NBA player. He's going to, you know, he's simply just going to take some time just like Cody Zeller. So I think, that has cascaded down caused so many problems and then it it's led to frustration along with you know missing these open shots as well I'll certainly uh, grant you that and a lot of talk about Clifford's responsibility in all this versus the player's responsibility. And we talked extensively about this on uh, the morning show, but I want to get your thoughts, Justin, because you were at the press conference when Clifford talked about this. You know, He's putting a lot of the blame on himself. How much of the blame do you think that fans should put on Steve Clifford for what's happening out on the court right now?
3: I, I think he gets he to gets share of the blame, and I say this because usually when you watch teams and they're really disciplined, Usually say, "Hey, those guys are well coached. Those guys don't—they don't shoot themselves in the foot. They're mm-hmm. disciplined. They take care of it. And this year, they haven't been. And some of the things have been little things of of no communication, um, just laziness. Effort could be questioned at times, and it's odd. And I understand that Clifford has them prepared, but he can't go out there and play." Like he can is it is it, is it a let, I want to
0: challenge the word laziness, David. Is it laziness or is it f- not finding that extra gear, especially on the boards? I look yeah. at last night, and, and you have Marvin Williams zero rebounds, Nick Batum one rebound. After Miles Plumlee goes out of the game, there's not a recognition of hey, I have to take myself to another level, and you don't see many of these auxiliary players taking over. And I think that's that's another thing as well. You saw last year when when this Hornets team really hit the rocks around December, and they had the miracle after midnight, and they had a big win against New York as well. And Kemba had the big game against Utah, but you had several bench players, uh, as, along with Marvin and Batum, stepping up in big ways, in significant ways that you would talk about after the game and say, "My God, I can't believe you know Batum took it upon himself, was aggressive all through the third and the fourth quarter." Just not seeing that from guys not named Kimball Walker.
1: Yeah, and that's something we were worried about beginning the year, especially with the bench guys. It was like, well, if Frank can be that guy, if Marco can be that guy, if Lamb can be that guy, and they've all had good nights. None of it's been consistent enough, Mm. and none of it's been um, affecting the game the way like Jeremy Lin did or even um, Miracle After Midnight. Was Troy Daniels? Troy Daniels. <laughs> Troy <laughs> How can I forget? How can I forget? Um, who 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 comes in there and does? I mean, that was a little thing. I mean, that was a that was a blip really on last season. But you haven't seen that from these guys this year. I mean, I think Marco's been good. He's been he's been fine for what you wanted from him. But you're right. It's all come down to Kimba. I think that's the other thing. So much is on Kimba. The other teams know it. They're game planning for him. They're rushing him. Uh, I mean, rushing two guys sometimes. Adam, you know, uh, making things hard for mm-hmm. him. And it's not going to get any easier. I mean, this team, like Clifford said the other night, they're pretty easy to defend. They're pretty easy to game plan against right now because you have guys that aren't saying, look, like you said, Plumlee's out. These guys are out. We have to get these rebounds. And it's just not happening. And this, uh, today at practice,
3: Marvin, um, I asked him about the physicality issue. And he said, you know, it's, it's, it's a mental thing. Some guys... Hmm. aren't really physical but you know it starts with mental then Nick Batum said you know even like with the fourth quarter struggles is it comes down to who wants it more and then when I heard both of them and I said well I mean looking at the roster I don't think anybody's going to turn into
0: uh, yeah. something that they... Well, own. and I think that goes to how much of the responsibility lies with Rich Cho and Steve Clifford because they put this team together. And when you look at this team, they lauded it as a team of skill and high basketball IQ. And they knew coming in that there were going to be issues with physicality. That's one reason that Roy Hibbert was brought in, was to be a physical... He's not he's not necessarily athletic, but he has... That's why sig- Plumlee was brought in. Yeah, significant... Well, that's just unfortunate. And, yeah. it, well, and it's a situation where you knew... Miles was going to take some time, yeah. and then you have the unfortunate injury. But uh, the Roy Hibbert situation doesn't work out—a gamble that doesn't work out. And listen, maybe they had the best of intentions with those situations, but ultimately, you have to be responsible for those decisions. I don't think that I don't think that Steve Clifford is on the hot seat. I don't think no. that Rich Cho is on the hot seat because a) there's still a lot of basketball to be played. B) it wouldn't. What direction would that take the team because you have to understand they have so many players locked up through the next three years it's not a situation where well the the deck's going to reset let's go ahead and reset the coach reset the you know reset the entire franchise and go in and start trusting the process yeah. that's not the situation that we're dealing with here
1: right this wasn't a this season or bust, right? This wasn't a, I mean, kind of last year was like, if they don't make the playoffs last year, then we might have some issues. But this year was like, all right, we've established ourselves as a legitimate playoff team. We think we can make it on consecutive seasons. We can maybe get up in the top four. They had a top four record last year, you know? So they were feeling like they were making strides and doing that. And so they were keeping that core there. And, you know, people are talking today about blowing the team up. To me, blowing the team up is everybody's gone right like
0: that, you know? that would be extremely reactionary and especially because I mean look at look at the starting lineup oh. we know the starting lineup numbers you know top four in the NBA when this right. starting lineup is healthy there were some decisions in the offseason towards this bench that did not pan out but <laughs> It's not yeah. like those decisions are unrectifiable, it just may take some time.
1: Yeah, and it's not going to be easy, right? They've no, they've hamstrung of- themselves because of the contracts, because of the length, because of the money and 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 who they had to tie up. But yeah, you you have to keep adding pieces, I feel like, to this core as opposed to going crazy, throwing everything out the window and going back to the drawing board. First of all, that's not going to do you any favors in the East. I mean, let's be realistic. As long as LeBron is in the East, it's going to be tough for anybody to sneak up there. And you got to keep building and maybe you get lucky. Maybe you have an injury to someone else along the way, but I just don't think throwing everything out at this point is the right way to go. All
0: right, let's, let's take a look at what we've got here on YouTube, on the chat room. Sivrock uh, saying, "If we still had the All Star Game after playing like this, that would have been awkward."
1: It's crazy, right? I mean, that, I, I thought it's about a, that the other day. Like, what if, what if, what because if, because the entire NBA was coming here right now? It wouldn't, it wouldn't really be about New York. And be like, oh my gosh, you know, the Hornets <laughs> have really gone into the crapper.
0: Well, you heard I was listening to the starters, and they were talking about the Heat, and somebody mentioned. You know the Heat are almost tied with the Hornets at this point. What's going on with the Hornets? And then the conversation immediately shifted to the Gorondrojic and how good he is. Like no one wants to talk about nationally. It wants doesn't to make talk sense. Hornets because because right.
1: they, a they couldn't figure it out when the season started, and now you can't figure it out what's going on because all the pieces are kind of still there.
0: All right, Steve Aussie uh, Steve on here saying, uh, uh, let's see. I think Clifford hit the nail on the head yesterday. We simply aren't hard to play against this season. Also saying individual identity as players has. Something Something to do uh, with all of this, knowing your role. I agree to that to a certain extent, but almost they need to play outside their role a little bit because they have accumulated all of these skill positions. And they're not playing skillfully. They're not hitting the three-point shots that they need to hit. And it's like at that point, you need to sort of recognize what's happening and go, okay, we might have to grind this out and play a little bit more physical than Nick Batum is used to. Like Marco Bellinelli is not used to right. playing physical basketball. No. Uh, no, it's uh, but it's something that, it, I mean, I think Clifford is making it clear that that's what it's going to take to win. Vincent's saying, if we were to make a trade, who would you propose we take a shot at getting, and who would we trade away. Not, uh, not a lot of options. My man, Serge Ibaka is gone. Mm-hmm. That one, oh, mm-hmm. Paul Millsap still sitting out there in rumors. But again, that's a situation that I, we st- talked about this a lot. If you bring a guy like that in, uh, then, you know, you're talking about contract negotiations soon. There's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of wiggle room there with the Hornets cap situation in the next couple of years. If you can even convince uh, a player like that to stay, it's a tough market out yeah,
1: there. yeah it's tough to pinpoint one particular guy I think backup point guard is an area that's been in need for a long time even before sessions went down i'm i'm sorry i'm I just it's it's been a bit of a bit of a sore spot around here but but I mean look even when sessions was here they were kind of getting by i yep. think that's an area that you have to look at now now that he's out for a while um I don't know if they will i think you know nada mentioned something uh, this morning about perhaps Marvin Williams around a trade deadline deal, which is interesting.
0: But again, what's his value?
1: Exactly. That's the problem. I mean, it's a, we're, not nice. the, we're not
0: the only ones that know the stats. Yeah, because he's been struggling.
1: And the thing that you're going to be looking for around trade deadline, if you can unload one of these contracts, right, is does a contending team see value in one of these guys mm-hmm. enough to take on the contracts right and then did they have a anything of value to give back because likely they're not going to have like a high draft pick if yep. a contending team you're talking to uh they're not going to give up a player really that they want to use to make a step forward so it's it's a tough spot
3: well you know what this sounds like this roster is going to stay intact
0: <laughs> i i really I, I feel like at this point that we may we're adding a bobblehead night and that may, that may be the the addition. Well look, maybe that that's that's the, the addition. Camden, look. and look,
1: you said it when the, when the starting five is intact, they're one of the best in the league, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to And the count Eastern on,
0: Conference situation right now at the at the seed.
1: I mean, you have been playing you could you, it can't go any worse. It can't go any worse and you're a game and a half out.
0: I'm gonna say I'm gonna save this point. We gotta to get to the showdown, but I'm gonna say I've got one more point to make, and I made this same point on uh, ESPN seven thirty earlier. So if you want to hear my extended thoughts on the point that I'm going to make that I haven't revealed yet. Okay.
1: <laughs> this is some time travel stuff here.
0: <laughs> then yeah, okay. Uh, all right. It's uh, it's time oh, I got my hat here. We gotta look oh. at it. we gotta look at the next week of hey, action, which whatever is gonna this include the season
1: brings. It has brought us this hat, and that's just the gift that keeps the Dougie!
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, let's kick it out to uh, Calamity James with The Showdown. First Showdown Hornets versus themselves
2: yeah, so last night's game was ugly, and most offensive sets I did notice started with the players around the perimeter and they try to pass it all around the three point line. and they never really established like inside out kind of game. And that's one of the reasons why they're so easy to defend last night at least, at least from what I saw. Um, <clears throat> and then of course, on top of that, we're not shooting very well and it's just if, if you're gonna stay around the three point line, you gotta make three pointers. Otherwise, you got to start being aggressive and going inside, and, and and they just weren't that either. The Sixers actually kind of set up a halfway decent inside-out game last night, and, and they're you know, and, and they didn't have to move more than five feet per pass in order to defend us. So, I mean, when when I talk about in an inside-out game, one of the reasons why you, why you want to run that is because it makes the defenders move, and it allows you to potentially bring it inside, kick it out, give it over a skip pass or something like that, or work it between the corner to the post, back up to the top or something. And that throws off defenses and it gets, gets them moving. So, um, of course, the, to be fair, one of the reasons why the Sixers did look good is because the Hornets weren't all, also weren't closing out on the three-point line very well either. And so that is something we have to work on. So between those issues and poor rebounding, terrible transition turnovers, and there are a few and Jesus, uh, lack of aggression and poor shooting. The all-star break can't come soon enough. Plus Kemba could use some rest. So speaking of
0: Kemba versus the three point field.
2: Alrighty. So on Saturday, Kemba will face off against Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry, Wesley Matthews, Nick Young, Eric Gordon, and CJ McCollum in the three point contest prior to the all-star game. Um, with the exception of Kyrie, all of the players are in the top 20 for three-pointers made, and Kemba and Nick Young are actually tied for 11th. I didn't realize that. So, uh, personally, I think Eric Gordon will win with Kyle Lowry being my sleeper pick. But, of course, I'll be rooting for Kemba as well.
0: Sleeper pick, yes. Um, Jeremy Lamb versus discomforts.
2: Yes. All right. So I'm sure you're wondering why I'm wearing this. And the reason is because it was inspired by a tweet that our old friend Roy Hibbert, who we are just talking about, uh, sent a few weeks ago wishing his teammates well after he was traded. And this is that tweet.
0: Ooh, sexy. Yeah. Uh, it does look right. comfy.
2: So Jeremy Lamb in the onesie.s Pretty great and clearly has no qualms about making comfort priority, and I respect that. And I saw no reason not to do the same. And not only does this clash horribly with my hair, but it's actually, like, it looks like a fox. It has ears. It has, like, little whiskers. It has a tail. It has pockets. I mean, I I'm wearing this to work tomorrow. Um, so... Basically, we'll see how disappointed my parents are when they watch the show. But, uh, and also, on top of that, I had like two lunches today. On if you guys follow me on Twitter at calamity underscore James, but I had like two lunches today, so my parent my pants are feeling a little snug this afternoon. So well, uh,
0: here yeah, we are. I mean, you're a, you're a fox.
2: Also, happy Valentine's Day to everyone.
0: Like foxes are hungry. Boom! Foxy lady. <laughs> All right, that's the showdown. You can follow Calamity on Twitter at calamity underscore James. Let's preview this game coming up tomorrow night against the Toronto Raptors—a final opportunity for the Hornets to get a victory before this All-Star break. It comes against a Toronto team that is in a little bit of flux. They trade Terrence Ross and a first-round pick to the Orlando Magic for Serge Ibaka. Plus, um, they are on—they will be on—a back-to-back. They played the Bulls. Tonight tonight okay. in Chicago. Okay. But, so they'll be coming back home and having to play uh, them. And they are four and seven on the second night of back to backs. They actually shoot the ball better, but they turn the ball over more and they foul more. First of all, though, your thoughts on this trade. Serge Ibaka going from the Orlando Magic to the Raptors.
3: I think uh, teams are smelling a little blood in the water with Cleveland. Even though, I mean, we are. Because
0: Kevin Love, it was yeah, reported today as well, yeah. Kevin Love out uh, six weeks, but some speculate that it could be even longer, possibly Oof. the entire season. So, yeah, and it's suddenly LeBron looking vulnerable. And
3: they took the took to, um, to calf seven games last year. So they feel like, okay, we're right here. All we need is an extra oomph. And they believe that Serge Ibaka might be that missing piece.
0: And David, Toronto's been free-falling a little bit. They sit yeah. in fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now, so they are not second place. But I guess they feel like this Serge Ibaka move could make them a contender once again. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it feels like they need some of that defense, right, that, that he provides. Um, Sometimes.
0: He didn't provide it in Orlando, so he's got to get back to well, that. Well, what
1: in the well,
0: – Right, there were a lot of issues What, what an acquisition
1: that was. I mean, think about, the, yeah. think about that swap that Orlando did. They had him for, what, three months, three, four uh, – So they end
0: up with Terrence Ross and a first-round pick for Depot um, – uh, Sabonis Depot, there yeah. were several players it, it, basically that they've lost bizarre
1: I mean I think it's a, I think it's a big get for, for yeah. the Raptors if he can provide any of that that he did like he, they're not going to ask him to He's going to be kind of filling that OKC role that he filled, right? I mean, he's not going to be the the, the first or or secondary scorer in Toronto. I wouldn't think
0: they were they were starting uh, Pat Patterson, Pascal Siakam, uh, Jared Sullinger, who's uh, had the foot injury but is playing generally terrible this season. So it was a perfect acquisition <laughs> yes. in terms of depth, and they give away Terence, who they have a little bit of depth at the guard position and at the small forward position. So it doesn't hurt them, but they could look to address that. Do we, in we need another to keep our eye deal. on
1: physicals for tomorrow? Like is he well, that's the thing. Will he
0: play? That's that. It's gonna. It's going to be <laughs> something that we have to update tomorrow because Since
1: the Hornets have zero centers. Uh, it would be zero. helpful if if the Raptors would you know at least in kind.
0: It could be a little. Hold theirs out. But here's the interesting point. This was the point that I was going to make before the showdown, which is, okay, if Cleveland does nothing to address the Kevin Love situation, and LeBron was already lobbying for playmakers, but they are cash strapped like the Hornets. But if they don't do anything. And then you've got, well, maybe does this work out for Toronto? Does this deal make them better? Suddenly, the top four or five in the East could uh, move back and forth. And even if the Hornets do slide into eighth, they m- maybe, maybe not. Might. I games. mean, look, they still look. Cleveland yeah. still has LeBron James, but c- can Cleveland hold on to the first seed? That's well, the
1: question. The thing and the thing they're starting to worry about are minutes, especially for LeBron yeah. and Kyrie. I mean, do they care if they're the first seed in the East? No, they don't care, right? I mean, they just want to so a- get to the postseason as healthy as they can, right? And so. That's another thing to watch out. If they start making some trades, I mean, you could see some dominoes fall. Like, and guess. it's
0: a good argument for why the Hornets would not want to necessarily make a move that that heavily disrupts this team. Because if they feel like, okay, we've got a good starting unit, get some guys back, get a little healthy, make a run. If they perform well on this road trip, then all of a sudden, even eighth seed may not be a death sentence in this playoffs.
1: Yeah, and something we chatted about today on the on the social media networks was, you know, if the Bulls start saying hey the season's done if they start making moves to to lighten their load at the trade deadline right like mm-hmm. the bucks they've already lost Jabari um so you've got some things going on around the hornets the heat they're not going to like i don't know they're not going to go on another no streak chance. like that right no chance. so uh they just got to get healthy i mean as far as the hornets go but um what are we talking about <laughs> this trade this Ibaka trade this game tomorrow night yeah there we go um, I'm thinking they should. You know, just...
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking up Twitter. I'm, I'm trying to get some tweets for us here.
1: Is this crazy? Just hold Kimba out. He's got the three point contest on Saturday, and
0: let him rest up.
1: Just, no chance. Even though <laughs> no, I don't think
0: they're going to no win it so. out. <laughs> no Well, chance. this is a team that the Hornets have performed well against, and just, yeah. I mean there are some you know they're going to have some issues obviously at the center position, but uh, they you know if, if if Nick Batum and Kimba Walker can step up in a big way, we've seen Portland uh, win plenty of games with uh, two guards and, and nothing down. And hey, we have a
3: dark horse or. If Marvin can make some open threes, that would help. That would help also. I got to yeah. I got
0: to go out to Twitter here. Uh, some people answering our question of the sh- question of the show: What has been the biggest cause of the collapse for the Charlotte Hornets? David saying: Backup point guard, lack of another shooter, score, drafting, a lack of well framed. Items, <laughs> yes, they, that's right. They need more well framed items from our friends at Frame Warehouse. Go see our guys, go see yeah. Alan and
1: our boys at Frame Warehouse.
0: Framewarehouse.net. Find they're, a location in Charlotte. They're just they're Charlotte. thinking
1: so much about all the jerseys they have. I'll all say the this stuff they in have, all they need seriousness: to
0: if you need something framed and you're a fan of this show, get it framed at Frame Warehouse because they're they're doing us a solid. They are supporting local Hornets talk, and that's reason enough.
1: Yeah, to and, head over.
0: But and, add to that. Great prices, amazing quality, super quick service. I like ye. I like ye. All right, let's. uh, What what else do we got? Uh, Another David uh, stepping in and saying MKG and Batum. I think the larger point is that the Hornets' wings have struggled this season to shoot the basketball. Not MKG, you know, the three point shot never arrived, Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the dirty secret. All last year, what did we hear? The Hornets are successful because Clifford always wanted to play four-out, one-in. Now he can't. Right. And is that going to change? I don't know. Well, What I'm does sure. that mean for next season?
1: I'm <clears throat> not sure yet. The crazy thing to me is I thought Nick Batum was starting to come around, and you've seen it off and on as of late that he's being more aggressive, but especially to start of the season, he he wasn't that guy they needed him to be, Right. And they were still winning. So they were getting away with it. So you thought, man, when he when he finally clicks, when he starts doing some of the things he did last year, and Kimba's rolling like he is, you know, that's just gonna be another thing that they can rely on. But it's been tough for him. I, I just I think it's been a little bit of an adjustment. I mean, I don't think he's affected by the contract, but if, if it's not Kimba, unfortunately on this team it has to be him. And and, and yeah. you know, ninety percent of the game the other night it was. And then it comes down to that last shot against the Clippers and, and he tosses it out instead of shooting it.
0: Sivrock hitting up is hitting us up again on Twitter saying most don't want to go there, a little bit drastic, but at what point should Clifford and coaching staff get put on the chopping block? I'll say this. I think Right now, I don't think the seat is warm at all, because I think this organization respects Clifford a lot. But I will say this. What happens if this free fall continues for the rest of the season? Because then I think there are going to be questions of, are the messages that Clifford is trying to send not translating. We hear all the right things. You hear it in the locker room well, all the time. Or is it going
1: stale, right? Well, is exactly, because guys are repeating,
0: hard. they're repeating the mantras. They're saying, you know, we, we can't turn the ball over. We've got to be more physical on, on the boards. We have to get back and transition defense. The, the things that are foundational to Clifford ball. Like they keep repeating these things, but it's not happening on the court. And at, at one point, do you start to go, okay, the message is not translating. I don't think that's right now, but I think if the free fall continues, There's legitimate questions that could be asked, uh, at least asked, not not uh, acted upon, but asked at the end of the season.
3: I do because now you can, when you see like now when they're losing these games, they look like defeated. Like if they're walking off the floor and guys get off the bench, you know, hey, you know, good job, blah blah blah. They look defeated, and once you start losing, the guys that are quiet that don't say much, they tend to start chirping a little bit because I mean there are times. Ah, oh, what play was it? Frank did something the other day, and I I caught like a quick glimpse of Kimba and he was defeated. No, like, there,
0: yeah, there are frustrations like, on this team what? on the court having and, and I think that's part of it. There are a couple of young pieces or pieces that aren't familiar with the team and there's a little bit of, on offense we talk about why the ball's not moving. There is a little bit of no, go over there. You've yeah. got to you've got to be there. This is the the play was this and you see Steve Clifford calling timeout when some of those plays break down as well. So, a lot going on there. Thank you for all of your uh, responses here on Twitter. Uh, uh, let's read one more. Andrew, uh, I don't think Andrew's tweeted us before. So welcome to the show, First Andrew. Time. Thanks, man. Uh, Got to say it's two things. Cody not being fully healthy, even when he has been playing. That's an important point. Yep. And uh, Kimba slumping hard. We've we've been over the numbers. Uh, Kimba, 15.8 points per game, 33% shooting in February, 23.5% from beyond the arc. He's not making his layups in the restricted area. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Kimba definitely, uh, he's the team leader. And he- team leaders have to share a, a a portion of the blame,
3: and he cannot let McConnell take him to the woodshed.
0: McConnell's handles were sick; like he had 14 points, but it felt like he had. You got to respect, respect the the handles of McConnell, right?
1: You got to respect him as a, <laughs> as a as a player. I mean, at this His, point, I he mean, was he's, upset he, about he, that guarantee. He's he was upset about that. He's I probably, am mad. He's <laughs> and they're like, yo, my man. Like I understand you guys have won a few games. No, he said, he said they're. He uh, said they're. He say, "Darn good, pretty darn." Good. He said, "A damn good team, or something like that." So, you know, whatever TV, you want to say about man. that, but oh, Come right. on, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, I tell you what, though. I mean, you look at that team the first time they played them this season. It looks uh-huh. like a completely different team. You looked at uh, McConnell that night, and you're like, "Who is this guy? Like, where did he come from?" Without
0: Embiid, no Without Okafor. Embiid. Okafor's in trade rumors, Same so he's thing sitting last at home. Night.
1: And it's interesting to see these teams like the Nets and the Sixers. And you look out there and you
0: know they really should not be competing with the Hornets. The, that's the thing. The Sixers, the team they just played, that's the proof of concept. They don't – they lack the NBA talent to compete night in and night out. Yet <laughs> right. on a, on a, On a given night – they can because they were they had a lot of energy coming out of the gates they maintained it for 48 minutes and they were physical on the boards
1: well uh, yeah what i was getting to is you can see at times though especially when that second unit is in, unit is in just the difference in like just guys that can run and jump and mm-hmm. and 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 are flat out athletes right you know what i mean um, two way
0: play athleticism not a lot they, not a lot
1: you can do about this right now yeah. but it's something that was lacking on the roster you know, from the very beginning. And like Doug said, they took a chance on that, but I think they've got to add some of those guys that can just go get your boards can mm-hmm. run like Cody. I mean, Cody's one MKG is another, but after that, I mean, who else you got?
0: Right. All right, let's move on. Let's go to a new segment here called, uh, I like, I uh, love this segment name dope or Nope. So we got two choices here. Dope or Nope. I've got a couple of uh, issues that are going on around the NBA and the Hornets. Uh, first of all, the Hornets get a new G League team. Yeah. The Greensboro Swarm. That's good for the Hornets. In fact, they, they made a call up Mike Toby getting his second uh, 10-day contract. He will play against the Toronto Raptors by the way, and he may you have to You want Toby? You got Toby. Yeah, every well, yeah, you know, people were calling for Toby. Well, we're going to see. <laughs> we're going to see what Toby can uh, he's going to have to provide a lift because they're going to be going up against Jonas Valančiūnas. Toby. Um I hate so much about Toby. the way that you are. <laughs> All right, but uh so they get a D League team, but it won't be a D League team for long. No, no. Because the D League is now becoming the G League G League sponsored by Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> is this <laughs> We made the staff laugh on that one. All right, is this... that was totally improv by the way. Totally. Hey, I'm totally improv. We did Just not script that. Um d- uh so what do we think? Dope or nope? Dope. Dope. I love this. Why not? I love it. Am I going to make it three? Yeah, I'm going to make it three. That's dope. That's dope. Oh, my God. I love it. But it sounds like a rec league team for, like, former (laughs) FBI agents. Like, uh, this is the G League. Right, Um, Right. Or... It just, it just sounds, even though I know it's like a total, complete sponsorship, it I goes mean,
1: along. Who cares? It's a total sellout. I mean, they're, owning it's amazing
0: it. because look, the D league, it's the D league and it's going to be more money for players, I think. And that's going to be,
1: let's not pretend like the D league was a marketing, you know, right. boom, <laughs> a home run. It was not the best no, name out of the box. It didn't even have any.
0: And the NBA pumpkin. needs yeah. it to grow and you grow by accumulating money. We're still in a capitalist society. We like money. We I have wanna, some. We have some. We like. We like more. That's where you come in.
1: <laughs>
0: J Lo and Ben. G League.
1: I see what you did. I see what you did. Oh, is I G League. Oh, yeah. You is, yeah. There we go. G League.
0: Mm. Our producer. Did you say that? Did you say that over your regular mic? Okay. So he said, "Is uh, Ben <laughs> Affleck and Jennifer Lopez going to be going to be on there?" Because G League. Gigli. She better not be there. She better be Oh, there. calm down. All right. Anyway, <laughs> right. Uh, next one. Dope or nope. MJ stepping in to calm down this situation in New York between Charles Oakley and the owner of the New York Knicks, Jimmy Dolan. Uh, MJ getting on the phone, his buddy, Charles Oakley, and his uh, fellow owner, James Dolan. Is this dope or nope? <sighs> oh, you're conflicted. <laughs> I would love to know why you're
3: conflicted. Um, I, I think it's I think it's good because I was trying to process because I remember reading the tweets that Mark Packer had.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, like, yeah, explain oh. that because that's I I wrote that down as well because there is an argument for Nope that I think is absolutely ridiculous.
3: Yeah, he, what it
0: what is it? Don't tell. He me.
3: was basically saying like, Yo, your team is like oh, garbage right geez. now, but you're worried about something that doesn't really affect you is that important. And I would Which yeah, it's just the
1: league that you play in,
0: which is <laughs> first. Yeah, exactly. You got to handle what you can handle. Like the coach coaches, the players, uh, rich show general manager brings in the players, and the owner oversees everything. But this is the thing: this is such a perfect like sports radio argument, and it's so it dumb is. because you hear on the other hand, you hear all the time, "Oh, Michael Jordan, he has his hands in things too much. The guy can't win." No,
1: can't. no, you can't. Remember when he wasn't at the games? Uh, where is he? Where is he at the games? Now he's sitting on the court. Oh, he's sitting on the court. He's doing too much. I mean, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. But I don't see how you don't like this. All he did it's was totally dope. all he did. This is what MJ did. Alexa, call. James Dolan,
0: <laughs> that's all he did. That's it. That's it. No, he's brokering peace in the NBA. Adam which is...
1: Silver, look, when the commissioner asks you to place a phone call, one of your best friends, you know, is in trouble. What? What are you going to do? If he doesn't do it, he's going to get killed. MJ has now been positioned, and this is a good thing. This is why this is also a bonus You're for the Hornets. You're getting good favor from the NBA. He has positioned himself as a man of influence aside from his play on the court. right, And that should not be overlooked.
0: Compare that to Hornets' ownership of past. (laughs) Think about that. Think about the George Shins
1: Shins, and the Bob Johnson. This has absolutely zero
3: effect Effect on on anything the Hornets are doing
1: right now. Zero. So that's
3: dope. Way to be a good friend, Mike.
0: I think we convinced him that it was dope. Totally dope. All right, bobblehead night coming up on March eighteenth against the Washington Wizards. It's going to be a Cam Newton bobblehead. It looks perfectly like Cam Newton, which uh, bobbles my mind that they could get it to look exactly like Cam. Yet, you know, Lance Stevenson <laughs> looked like Chris Rock. Uh, Kimba didn't look what like that Kimba. In there? Kimba, um, yeah, let's. Yeah, where's it's a I don't know if Aldridge. Lance. Yeah, Lance oh, looks Kimba like. Right yeah, here. Lance kind of looked like Chris Versus,
1: Rock. Uh, Where's the starting lineup over there? Yeah,
0: there, there it is. is yeah, it is. okay. Let's bring this too. Can we get a close up? Let's get a close up shot of this. I'll put it on. I'll put it on his camera. Let's see if we can do this. Let's go to. Yeah, there we go. There he is. Yeah, this this does not look. I'm sorry. This, this does not look like Kemba. And no, Kimba even me. admitted it. This is yeah. not. So, we're not this, breaking this. Here. This
3: one doesn't even look
1: like it's him. It's like so a cross between Patrick Patterson <laughs> and Michael Vick. It is the, the Michael Vick one is spot on. All right, <laughs> Mike Vick
3: anyway. is spot on.
0: Anyway. Uh, besides bobblehead manufacturing, <laughs> is this dope or no? Nope, this bobblehead night.
3: Let me tell you, my love lies with the Cowboys, but I'm a Cam Noon guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, right, so this is dope. yeah, this, this is, is definitely dope. dope. Oh, Doug, don't <laughs> do it. Look at him. It's kind of just.
0: It just feels weird. It's like a surprise bobblehead night. I don't know. It's like if, if. And I understand some fans being some like super fans being concerned that this is a little bit of a consolate. This could be viewed as a consolation prize with the team struggling. There is that. Really? Like, like sorry about that
1: season. Here's a (laughs) (laughs) bobble.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a little ridiculous, but I I sort of, I get how that thought could, I'm not not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I could see that. I'm, but it's okay. dope. It's Anything yeah, that dope. anything that the team gives the fans is nice. It's dope. And Cam's
1: been there. He's been wearing a, a Hornets jersey. Mm-hmm. He's
0: been Mets. at the games
1: before. I don't recall seeing him this year, but that, that's, that's all right. Maybe,
0: maybe he'll show up. A lot I'm of rolling. Thomas Davis, a lot of Ron Rivera. Yeah, yeah.
3: I even see him rolling the work. Well, during football season Have his Horns jacket on That's right
0: And he comes by And he knocks that Cowboys hat Off your head every day. <laughs> Nah, Cam know nice. better Yeah, Cam don't know He know better He know better You know better, <laughs> <laughs> <know> better. <laughs> you know better. Alright, Valentine's Day Is our last dope or nope It is Valentine's Happy Valentine's Day By the way uh, To all the people out there So we both have wives And we're we're here. That's called, we do. It's called dedication Different ones <laughs> yeah, It's not a big love situation <laughs> <sighs> All right, Valentine's Day—is uh, it dope or nope? Real quick.
1: Uh, this is a nope for me because every wow. day is Valentine's Day for my. Lady. Oh my that's what, god! That's what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, baby.
0: But I, I dope think or no, you're the single guy. Dope yeah, or no, Valentine's I think it's Day is dope,
3: man. Um, for I'm a big, dudes, I'm a big dope. fan of like relationships and things of that nature. So you know you have
0: a <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I have a big. That's like the money. I'm a big fan <laughs> of relationships. I would like one someday, you know.
3: But I, I think it's nice, man. Like you, you get to do certain things that you don't do all the time. Um, I think it's a would special. You, would you? you? a like, girl, if a, was, this is a good
0: question. If a girl asks you out on Valentine's Day, do you go? Do you go out with that girl? What's your policy on that?
1: Oh, uh, it depends on which one.
0: It's a tough decision.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes you got to handle it yourself. Choice. That was fun. That's like a west. That's like somebody at Westworld, like. How do you feel about relationships? I'm a big fan of them. <laughs> I things of that
0: nature. I am a big fan.
3: I of am. Them. Like people are so negative on Valentine's Day.
0: Uh, I think well. the NBA should adopt Valentine's Day and, and put sick rivalry games on Valentine's Day. Like, how awesome would it have been if KD and Westbrook went after each other on Valentine's Day? That would have been nice.
1: Because Westbrook's kind of like, yeah, make it their, you know, their their Christmas.
0: Oh, just Part put a two. little. You don't have to, It's not going to be like a Christmas oh, not, day uh, thing. No, uh, they just put a little bit of emphasis on it. No one's cla- no sport has claimed Valentine's Day. Well,
1: it's interesting. In 1990, I believe Michael Jordan's jersey was stolen in Orlando. He had to wear a number 12 with no name on the back.
0: And some people are hinting that. Well, didn't a clothing line hint that maybe they would?
1: Oh, they put it out today. You can buy it for yours. Oh, you can wow. buy a Bulls twelve jersey with no name on the back for two hundred
0: ninety nine <laughs> dollars. that now, <laughs> like uh, we're like Kelly or Kellyanne Conway on here selling selling other people's jerseys. <laughs> All right, speaking of Valentine's Day, we've got some Valentine's cards to give out, but these aren't Hornets themed Valentine's cards. No, these are classic MJ Michael yeah. Jordan Valentine's I knew there was a tie Day in there. cards. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got a couple of these to give out. These are really funny cards, and we will give them out to Hornets or NBA players. I'm, I'm leaving it up to you guys. First, we'll start with David's card. David, what you got? Oh, this is oh, beautiful. I love this one. You're
1: cool. <laughs> You're cool. I'm giving this one to my man Jeremy Lamb. We already man. saw his his cool leisure outfits. When he's not dressed, he's looking stylish over there. I mean, he he's is not the dressed most, out. He's looking he's stylish. He's the most
0: stylish Hornet. Yep. There is no question. And he's providing a little bit. Just to take this to basketball, briefly. <laughs> he's pro- <laughs> <laughs> He's providing a lift uh, For the Hornets Off the bench right now he, I mean he came in uh, and, and delivered some Immediate offensive yeah. punch For the Hornets In that Philadelphia 76ers yeah. game When they absolutely needed it Cool guy He's yeah. a cool guy You're cool Alright Justin Your Valentine's Day card Who are you giving it to? Uh,
3: it reads To the man that says Fourth quarter Ain't for everybody The average in 29.8 points a game Isaiah Thomas I like your style
0: I like your style uh, Man that is a That is a fresh suit it is MJ cleans up well, but it, but it kind of it has this texture that reminds me of like something that a cat would uh, like a cat scratching pole. It it does have that. Am I de- am I like uh, you, does anyone out there have cats in the studio? Cats, you know, kinda, MJ doesn't have that doesn't have that like felt toy or one of the like felt toys that All right. Doug is yeah. called
2: tweed. It's a tweed, tweed. jacket, Doug. Yeah, tweed.
0: <laughs> the
3: they used to could dress nice like. It's this. called tweed. But gosh, since the style is falling off hard.
0: All right, so my card, let's 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 take a look at my card. I, I really like my card. Timeout for in bold. Fun. Timeout for fun. Uh and I'm going to give this one to head coach Steve Clifford because mm. of his proclivity for calling timeouts, he has a very use them or lose them philosophy on timeouts, but also because even more than Kimball Walker, I think Steve Clifford might need a break too. Oh my god! Uh, I, I think you know he looks he looks a little exhausted, and I can't blame him because this season has been uh, very hard. And you, I mean, look, he is dedicated uh, to the things that he thinks make basketball teams win. And he's going to press those things day in and day out. And when those things aren't translating on the court, it's gotta be difficult. It's gotta be frustrating for him as well. Trying to get through not only to the players that they brought in like Marco Bellinelli and others, but, and, and Frank Kaminsky, who's young to this team, but also seeing some of the veterans that, you know, and he's big on veterans and counting on veterans to provide consistent play. And so when they don't, it's gotta be really disheartening. So, Steve, I'm telling you, take some time out for fun. This but I doubt he's gonna do it. I feel like he's the kind of guy that's gonna be in the film room taking I, those days off.
1: Man, I hope he has like one or two coronas with him. Just, <laughs> he needs it. Right? He's oh man. Or a blue moon Belgium. All right, you ever, have you ever have you seen him just take you know, a break after the game? No. I, can't. I have not. I did catch him going to Fitzgerald's one day. I've seen him practice. at Fitzgerald's. That's the first place yes. I okay. David runs into famous people again. Did you,
0: did you call him? Did you say, hey, Steve O?
1: I called him coach. I called him coach. Well, he's a coach. Pat was not the coach at the time. Mm-hmm. What's a right? coach?
0: <laughs> Always. This stuns me. This is stuns. This is breaking news. All right. Two minutes left in the show.
1: I feel like he was having a corona. This is like three years
0: ago as soon as he was here. I
3: told you one day I was talking about a hangover one time, and he just looked at me and grinned. I know Steve (laughs) drinks.
0: All right. Uh, All right. Time now for one last thing. All-Star Weekend coming up. Mitchell and Ness releasing these sweet throwbacks. Let's take a look at these. Oh, Oh, my my goodness. What year is this, David? That's
1: 1991. You'll see the Charlotte uh, City logos up there. Those were worn in Charlotte. In the old Charlotte Calcium
0: beautiful, beautiful throwbacks. Kind of shames the newest versions in my
1: oh, Don't even look at I'm it. That's the other good though. thing about... I that,
0: bought, about, Listen, I'll be honest. I bought a
2: Kemba one well, because you, you gotta... To. You have to, but that's the other good the thing about
1: the All-Star game, not being here. Those uniforms are... are Do you think they would have been better? I feel like it was a little <laughs> no, bit of a rush. No. You think those, those would have been in? That's Adidas's last year. They were just like, yeah. here, yeah. take these. Are uh, you going to leave us for Nike? So <laughs> well,
0: yeah, so 2019, Nike, You know, if, if the Hornets are able to get this All-Star game back, they'll have Nike fully behind them. Nike and Jordan, they're pretty close, right? They, have some cool they still stuff. have some connections. Okay, make sure to check us out on the latest uh, roundtable on AtTheHive.com. David and I giving some thoughts on yes. what has led to this Hornets collapse. Some more deeper conversations there on AtTheHive.com. Make sure to check that out. Thanks for giving us a watch here on YouTube for this latest edition of Locked On Hornets Live. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes and stay up to date on the Hornets every single day. Thanks to my co-host David and Justin uh, who covers the Hornets for ESPN Charlotte? Check them out on ESPNCharlotte.net. and Charlotte.net. You got a new article coming up soon, right? I do. Yeah, um, so but check it, it out. won't
3: be the the great one that I had promised. I, had to t- I took a different <laughs> turn. A, well, a, don't be humble. A, I mean,
0: it'll be great. I'm going to say that it'll be great. And of games. course, uh, Kurt dropping the drops. We got Calamity James cutting this show and doing a great job on the showdown. And of course, Zach in the back doing the tweets uh, for for all of for all of us. Thanks so much for watching and listening along. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. I was
2: gonna find somebody else to take the wall never just be in there. Why you saw such
0: now